and welcome to the Otter Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Page, and today we are being spotted at the grocery store while we are across town at work. Today on the Otter, we are talking about doppelgangers. Exact copies of you or someone you know here to bring omens of bad tidings or just to cause a little mischief and mayhem. Are they real? Have you seen yours? Or has someone seen you? Blink three times if you're the real you and let's go. Midnight and Moon, my otters, how is everyone doing today? Are we missing any of our usual listeners after an abduction by the little gray men? If so, somebody get the UFO on the phone and get them back. I hope you all had fun during the last episode about the grays, and if you really enjoyed it, or if you didn't, please leave a rating and review, they really do help. For the returning listeners, welcome back, and for the new listeners, welcome, welcome to the Otter Podcast. We are a trail mix of all things unknown, unsolved, and just plain odd. This is a good episode to walk the dog to, but just make sure it's really your dog, because today we are talking about doppelgangers. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. I have jam-packed this episode with stories of encounters, so if you are someone who likes spooky stories, then you've come to the right place. However, if you have an idea for an episode you think would be fun, good news! I do listener requests, so if you want your own personalized episode, you can send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and know what you want to hear from me. But today, we are diving into the devious world of doppelgangers. Who are they? What do they want? And what does it mean when you get spotted half a country away? Let's start our query by traveling all the way back to 1845, where a teacher at an all-girls school was about to give her students the fright of their lives. The Pinchionette of Newick was the place where most noble Livonian families chose to send their daughters for a proper ladies' education. Pinchionette means boarding school, and the facility itself was held in high regard and standing. In 1845, a new French teacher was hired for the school's 42 students. Her name was Emily Segui. Emily was 32, from Dijon, and was described as very pretty, with a fair complexion, light blue eyes, and slender figure. She appeared to her co-workers and students to be quiet, studious, good-mannered, easy to get along with, but with a somewhat anxious air. She was not somebody who would rock the boat, so to speak. One day, while lecturing a class of 13, Emily turned to her blackboard and began to write out a passage for the girls to memorize. However, the students became transfixed, as directly next to Miss Segui, a double began to slowly materialize. The students gawked as a second Emily appeared, and began mocking the original teacher's every move. They wore the same clothes, their hair was styled alike, and as Emily moved her hands and taught, the double matched her perfectly. The only difference between the two was the fact that the copy held no chalk in its hands and was not actually writing on the board, only miming like it was. The girls were too awestruck to do anything, and as quickly as it appeared, the double simply vanished. Emily had never noticed her mirror twin standing directly next to her the entire time. 
Later, as the students quickly but quietly began to file out of class, one of the pupils noticed that her dress had become unclasped. Emily came forward to help her refasten it, but when the girl turned to look at a mirror, she saw not one pair of hands fixing the dress, but two, and felt a shiver go up her spine as she once again saw the wispy double of her teacher assisting to fix her dress. The girls began to talk about the strange incident, and soon other students began to report their own happenings with Emily's double. Some stated she was spotted in one place before they ran into her in a completely different area of the building. Even the other teachers would report seeing her walking through the hallways before turning to see her quietly eating lunch. All of these incidents happened so close together as to be impossible for her to be pulling some kind of prank. The most damning incident came when all 42 students were gathered in a large lecture hall doing embroidery. The hall looked out over the garden, and as the girls bent over their work with needle and thread, they all caught a glimpse of Emily crouching in the garden gathering flowers. A teacher who was overseeing the girls left for a moment to attend to something, and out of nowhere, the figure of Emily Segui took a seat in the instructor's chair. She sat quietly and calmly watching the girls. However, when the students looked to the window, they noticed Emily was also still in the garden picking flowers. Two of the girls, the bravest ones, walked up to the double and attempted to touch it. They reported to their classmates that the double felt like fabric, like fine muslin or crepe. One was even able to pass an arm through a portion of the double's body. The false Emily had no reaction to this and the double began to slowly fade away until it disappeared completely. All the while, the real Emily Segui continued her gardening, unaware of the truly strange event that had just occurred. Students and teachers actually began to get used to the odd images of Emily Segui and her twin, and she continued teaching there until 1846 when a couple parents, after hearing the stories regaled by their daughters, reached out with concern some even withdrawing their daughters for fear of them somehow becoming tainted or cursed. The principal was then forced to ask Emily to leave. Upon being informed of what was happening, Emily was said to throw her head back and cry, ah, the 19th time. When pressed about this strange reaction, she confessed that she had been employed at 18 different schools since she was 16 years old, and every time was asked to leave for some peculiarity. The 19th time would prove to be the last. Emily left teaching to live with a sister-in-law and help raise her children. A former student of Emily would visit there and was shocked to learn that the children and family were well aware of the strange double that had cost her many jobs. In fact, the children reported that they often saw two Aunt Emily's. The story of Emily Segui is one of the foremost tales of interactions with a doppelganger. While neither malicious nor aggressive, the existence of Emily's mirror twin ended up costing her her job. However, it is the interaction with the children that catches most people's attention. The description of passing their hands through the figure and feeling thin, light cloth makes this sound almost like a haunting. But how can you be haunted by someone you see standing in the garden just feet away? The term doppelganger is a German word that literally translates to double walker or double goer. This isn't someone who just looks a little like you or even a twin. This is your exact copy down to the freckles on your face and the bone structure underneath. 
They dress in exact clothing you own, walk the same way you do, and those that talk mimic your voice and speech patterns to near perfection. They aren't just like you, they are you. If someone near and dear to you encountered them, they would swear before a judge and jury it had been you. Even if, as in several cases, you could not possibly have been there. Like seeing your grandmother in Topeka when you know she's in San Francisco. Doppelgangers are typically believed to be bad omens. If someone sees your doppelganger, it is said that they will receive bad news about you and vice versa if you see someone else's. Take for instance English metaphysical poet John Donne, who in 1612 was visiting with some friends in Paris. While there was left alone in a room for a moment, and when the friend returned, he relayed to him that he had just seen something terrible. He reported, quote, I have seen my dear wife pass twice by me through this room, with her hair hanging about her shoulders and a dead child in her arms. The friend laughed it off and insisted he must have closed his eyes and dozed off for a second, but Don was adamant in what he saw. Don would later find out that that very night his wife would give birth to a stillborn daughter. To see one's own doppelganger is in some circles believed to be an omen of death. Those that see their own doubles are said to die soon. An example of this can actually be found in a letter from Mary Shelley, famous author of Frankenstein. Mary Shelley nearly died in a miscarriage, and a week later, after a horrific nightmare, her husband Percy Shelley pulled her aside to tell her he had been having the strangest encounters recently. He reported to her that he had seen a double of himself walking across the terrace. When he confronted the specter, it said to him, How long do you mean to be content? This mirror image would continue to appear to him when he was ill, and was even once seen by a guest. A woman visiting the Shelleys during Percy's illness reported that she saw him walking back and forth in front of a window while she stood inside. She became increasingly agitated and would not calm until Shelley was shown to her to still be sick and in bed. He would confine these strange recent events to Mary on June 23, 1822. On July 8th of that year, Shelley would drown in the Bay of Spiza. Could it be that the specter came to ask Shelley of his content was actually bringing him a warning of his death? In folklore and mythology, doppelgangers appear frequently. In ancient Egypt, a Ka was a spirit double that contained the same memories and feelings as their counterpart. It is uncertain where the Ka resided in reference to the person it mimicked, but after death, the Ka could eat, drink, and give comfort and protection to the deceased. To go to one's ka was a popular euphemism for death. It is even said to have been used for trickery in some occasion, as in one tale of the Trojan War, where it was a ka of Helen used to mislead Paris and bring an end to the slaughter. In Norse mythology, a Vardogr is a double said to be seen performing tasks in advance of whoever it is copying. The Vardogr may enter a barn and to all those present will walk, smell, and speak like the person they know. The actual person may then appear seconds later and repeat the exact actions of the Vardogr with no awareness of their mirror image having just been there. It doesn't have any sinister applications and is thought of as a spirit predecessor. There is a similar being in Finnish culture called the Etienne, or First Comer. 
Most modern reports of doppelgangers fall into this kind of category. Instead of bearing bad news or death omens, they are just visual copies of someone we know completing basic tasks. Most cases are accepted as simple mistaken identity. With over 7 million people in the world, it is quite vain to believe there are not at least a few that look like you. Although this theory runs into issues, when people who intimately know the person are the ones to interact with the devil and are able to identify unique characteristics such as moles on the face, a limp in their gait, or a bad haircut. Having someone look vaguely like you is likely, but having someone wearing identifiable clothes with the same birthmark on their face, that is a lot less. Another explanation for this experience is something called bilocation. This is a psychic projection of yourself in every detail that can appear in another place. This phantom self can interact with people just like you would. While this theory is least accepted as it would require many people being able to do it without any awareness of their meta ability, it does explain several parts of the doppelganger problem, such as the double's ability to dress exactly like you and speak the same. One such story, which I feel personally captures the idea of doppelgangers perfectly, comes from Reddit user Buckshot1102. I'll read their account word for word. This happened back in the summer of 2015, when I was serving in the United States Army Reserves. I was stationed in southern Alabama in a transportation company. Sometimes, my girlfriend would come with me on drill weekends, and we would crash at a friend of hers apartment which is where this incident took place. This particular weekend, we were in a large convoy in the middle of nowhere on some back road out in the sticks well over a hundred miles from the city. That was when I got the most confusing, bizarre, and downright creepy phone call of my young life. She was in utter hysterics. She was crying and screaming, wondering why I would frighten her so badly and asking me how I even pulled it off. After I was finally able to calm her down, this is the story she relayed to me. Sometime this afternoon, her friend was at work and she was at the apartment by herself. Suddenly, there was a loud bang on the door. Not a knock, several loud violent bangs. After looking through the peephole, she saw me. But there was something off. She says I was wearing my army uniform. It looked like me, but that I had a very angry, aggravated look on my face. She opened the door, wondering why I was home so early, and apparently, without saying a word, I angrily blew past her, shoulder-checking her into the wall, and quickly walked down the hall, taking a left into the bedroom, slamming the door behind me so hard the whole place shook. She was very alarmed and confused about why I was home so early, and in such an agitated state. I mean, that is so out of character for me. I'm not a violent guy at all. On top of that, if something did happen to set me off, she would have been the first to hear about it. So she's walking behind me, trying to get some information out of me, and she opens the bedroom door behind me and sees the closet door slam shut. She proceeds to run over to see what I was doing in her friend's closet and claims that when she opened the door, it was completely empty. That was when she had a panic attack and called me. Imagine my shock and confusion hearing that story, knowing that I was well over a hundred miles away at the time. She finally believed me after I sent her a photo with my current GPS location, which only served to freak her out more. Here we see someone who intimately knows this person, knows what they look like and how they act, and does not question the person they are interacting with as being the boyfriend until it is proven to be impossible. 
Psychologically, experts point to hautoscopy, which is a term used in psychiatry and neurology for the hallucination of seeing one's own body at a distance. It occurs in patients with schizophrenia and epilepsy. One specific story concerns a 21-year-old man who suffered from seizures and attempted to commit suicide after coming face-to-face -face with his double. The man worked as a waiter in Zurich, and after he stopped taking his anticonvulsant medication, he also began to drink heavily. One morning, he tried to stand up, but became dizzy, and when he turned back to his bed, he found an exact copy already lying there. The double refused to get up, and the man worried it would make him late to work. The man began screaming at this copy, shaking it, and even jumping on it. While he was doing this, his consciousness would shift between the two bodies. One moment he would be standing over the doppelganger yelling, and the next he would be the body in the bed getting yelled at. The confusing set of events led him to suddenly start questioning his own reality, and not able to stand the sudden fear that he was not the real one, he leapt from his window. Luckily, his fall was broken by a large hazel bush. He was not truly suicidal, and after getting back on his meds and undergoing a surgery to remove a tumor found in his left temporal lobe, both the seizures and the bizarre interactions with doppelgangers stopped. The experience this man was having are classified as autoscopic phenomena. The most recognized example of this is an out-of-body experience, such as during a surgery when someone describes floating above their body and seeing themselves on the table. But would you even recognize your doppelganger? Keep in mind that for most people, the image you see of yourself every day is actually flipped in the mirror. So the composition of your face is actually opposite of what you may think it is. While there is no way to test humans' ability to recognize ourselves objectively, a story out of Iceland lends some credibility that you might not even recognize you. On a bus tour of a canyon in southern Iceland, a woman is reported missing. The bus driver alerted authorities and described the woman as being about 5'2", Asian, and wearing dark clothing. The tour group of around 50 people formed its own search party and began to look for the missing woman. Their search went on for hours. Finally, at 3 a.m., they called off the search when they found the missing woman. Not only was she accounted for, but she had joined the search party and was looking for herself. At some point, the woman had simply changed clothes. The bus driver didn't recognize her in different clothes, and she did not recognize the description of herself offered. So she did what one would do in the circumstances and joined the search party, unaware that she was looking for herself. However, even as bad omens, people remain obsessed with the idea of doppelgangers. There are even websites where people upload a picture of themselves in hopes of finding their international doubles. Our sneak peek this week is actually the most famous artistic depiction of doppelgangers called How They Met Themselves by Dante Gabriel Rossetti, in which a couple meet their identical copies and have understandable reactions. Abraham Lincoln is even said to have seen his own doppelganger. Honest Abe was reported to have arrived home after his election in 1860, and when he looked in his bureau mirror, saw his exact copy standing beside him. Lincoln noticed that his copy was about five shades paler than himself. His wife told him she believed the paleness was a bad omen and meant that Lincoln would serve his first full term, but would not live to finish his second. There is no scientific proof that doppelgangers are real. But there is no proof that they aren't. The amount of people that experience doppelgangers and interact with them is too many to pass off as a symptom of psychosis or just mistaken identity. Are they a bad omen? 
It seems to depend, but it's kind of fun imagining your doppelganger out there causing mischief or just perusing oranges at the grocery store. May you never run into your own double, and may it also never cost you 19 teaching jobs in a row. Well, that's all for this episode. So what do you think? Do you believe in doppelgangers? Which version is your favorite? What would you say if you ran into your copy? Let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave a review. The Otter Pod is also on TikTok. Come follow us there. Have a suggestion for a show? Send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com with your request and whether you'd like me to mention your name, your alias, or nothing at all. Remember, this is the Otter Side, so give me something cool, creepy, or confusing to deep dive for you. If you like the show, leave us a review. They really help. How long do you mean to be content? The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Otter Side.